0: All right, today's episode of the AGA Podcast is brought to you, as always, by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. Go to nicknicknick.com slash links. On that, you'll see all the ways to connect with me on social media, all the ways to listen to this podcast, as well as, under the affiliate links you will see, get my discounted CBD. Click on that, go and check out Naked Warrior Recovery. It'll bring you right to the website. A Navy SEAL-owned CBD brand owned by William Brandon, hailing out of Hawaii, uh, shop right on that site. You will see that there's all kinds of things from drops to gummies to 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 topicals to greens to immunity stuff uh, to clothing. There's all kinds of different things. That site is expanding all the time. Clear, concise, really pure, quality CBD products. If you take them for 30 to 60 days, especially if you're a jujitsu guy, you have those nagging aches and pains and you have not taken quality CBD for 30 to 60 days every day, you will be blown away at how much it helps your inflammation. A lot of those nagging injuries that you were feeling, all of a sudden they just go away. It's been huge for me. Um, If you put in promo code AGAME at checkout, you will get 20% off anything and everything you order on that site. So go check that out and support a good guy, support your body and support a good cause with a great product. Also, if you're looking to get into real estate investing, let's make this the year that you start making a difference in your finances and putting some assets on your books. It's the beginning of 2021. It's the perfect time. Go to nicknicknick.com. On nicknicknick.com, you can see that you can get our free ebook, How the Coronavirus Has Changed the Real Estate Market and What Every Investor Needs to Know Right Now. That is absolutely free on our site. It's a quick ebook, a nice, easy read for just some of the fundamentals you're going to want to know for things to look at and things to be aware of in this ever-changing market. Also, if you want to message me, get in touch with me, let's figure out a way to really get you going. So if you want to buy properties from me, if you want to sell properties to me, or if you want to partner, let's get that going. If you're advanced, if you're beginner, if you are into fix and flips, cash flow, multi-units, residential, land development, whatever it is, we can figure out a way to get you involved, get some products going, get some properties under your belt and start making you some money. So just start the conversation. Let's figure out, let's get it going also today. We talked to Sean Patrick Flattery. He's got a new movie out. It is called Born a Champion. You can see it on pretty much all streaming services as well as uh, limited releases in theaters. So you can check it if you want to go check it out there. Um, this, again, is a very heavy Jiu-Jitsu episode. Sean's been in a lot of things. Powder, Boondock Saints, now Born a Champion. He's been on Dexter. He's been in all kinds of different shows. Been around a long time, but you can see of all the things he's proud of, he is most proud and most pa- passionate about his Jiu-Jitsu. So, Um, We'll talk about different things from uh, pride and just his work ethic and growing up and some family values growing up in Texas that they passed on to him that helped him on and off the mat to fulfill things in life and having a barrier to entry for people not wanting to put the hard work in, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's acting, TV, music, doing some of the things that he's doing by achieving a black belt or being in, in movies and theater and TV and all these different things. A lot of people want that, but they're not willing to put the hard work in, to really figure out how to get that and tough that out to see it through, to accomplish those goals. So we do talk about having that work ethic, having those family values, what it takes to have that ingrained in you and how good it feels to push past and actually achieve those things and why it's so important in life for people to actually find something that they can do that with. that they're scared to do, it's hard to get involved with, but they see it through, they push through and they achieve a goal because that's going to teach you character. That's going to help you out in a lot of other things in life, not just martial arts. Um, We talk about uh, obviously jujitsu and how it affects life. We talk about asking for help. We talk about the time and a place that it is appropriate to ask for help, and the time and a place that it is inappropriate. You should try and figure things out yourself, and knowing when the difference is because it's always good to have people around you that you can go to, but you don't want to just be taking the easy way out all the time. So again, there's a lot of simil- similarities and a lot of uh, a lot of parallels between martial arts, acting, jujitsu, entrepreneurship in general and the way you handle things in life. So these are all really good character build- builders for any type of business that you're in. Even if you're not a jujitsu guy, listen to this episode and take those lessons into your life for whatever it is, whether it's music or acting or being a parent or being a brother, brother, a better father, a better sister, a better boss, a better friend, whatever it is, those same principles and those same key foundations of what we're talking about can help you be a better person in anything you do. Uh, we're talking about doing things that are hard, putting the work in. Um, we talk about Hollywood, of course, Hollywood, he's got a long, um, a long history working in movies, being around some of the top actors, working on some classic projects, Moondog says has been a huge, um, cult film hit for forever. Uh, Powder, everybody knows Powder. Like he said, he's become a verb. So. Um, we talk about the the communities that we have seen through martial arts and how it's affected them versus the communities you will see in Hollywood and some of the other places and why it's important to find people around you that help you celebrate your wins and not that are just jealous that you got that movie or you got that record deal or you got the hot girl that you were going after, you got the job promotion or you landed that real estate deal. It's important to be around people that celebrate each other's hard work and support each other. And he talks about if he has found that in other circles outside of Jiu Jitsu, like in Hollywood with his actor friends. Um, We talk about victories again, like I said, Um, Jiu Jitsu bringing people together and having things that can bring you together that are the elite um, of what they do. And again, it's one of the only places I've talked about this many times that you can go to a Jiu Jitsu gym anywhere in the country and you find cops and robbers acting as best friends. And it tells you a lot about people at the end of the day, when you don't really know their backgrounds or who they are or what they do, but you know who they are on the mats and you know what they're about. You can tell their mindset and their work ethic and, and just what they're made of. You, we talk about that, that the second you lock up with somebody, you slap hands and you start training, you can tell pretty quick what that guy's about. And it's just a really interesting thing for me. So we do talk about the, the way the personalities mesh there and, and where you look for that and why that's an important thing. Um, Again, we talk about essentials. We talk about basics, um, why the foundations of anything are important. So people look for the fancy stuff. They want all the flashy stuff you see, but it's so important to always look back and go to the fundamentals, whether it's playing an instrument, whether it's learning a new language, whether it's doing jujitsu, whether it's acting. Mastering the fundamentals and mastering the basics are going to be the things that keep you safe. So I have to remind myself all the time about these things in business and in real estate, because there's always the new cool software, or a new cool thing coming out of the new strategy or the new hot market. And I have to constantly pull myself back and remember the basic foundations of what got me to the dance, what's working right now. And I find the same things on the mats as I find off the mats. So we do talk a lot about that and a lot about passing that on to kids and how, um, finding something. can help teach you and your kids especially how to be level-headed and clear in stressful situations is one of the best gifts you can pass on to anybody and why it's such an important quality of life so hopefully you guys get a lot out of this episode with sean patrick flannery Uh, hopefully you go check out his music his uh, movie born a champion and if you're in the houston area go check it check out houston brazilian jiu-jitsu um and again get on that site get that ebook and uh write to us and figure out what's going on if you're looking to be a guest on this podcast or you would like to book me to be a guest on your podcast, email podcast at nicknicknick.com and we will get back to or we'll go to nicknicknick.com slash links and uh, jump on a look out. a special shout out to my buddy, Jay Gershon. Um, good guy. He trained a lot with uh, Sean Williams, who uh, Sean actually has his black belt under um, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about that guy. Go check out his school as well. Also, go check out Sean Williams, BJJ. He's invented the Williams guard. He's a good training partner. Henzo Gracie Black Belt opened a new school in Tennessee. You could check him out, again, at seanwilliamsbjj.com or henzogracienashville.com. Go support Sean Williams if you were in that area. Shout out again to my buddy Jay Gershon. Great guy. Great black belt. Um, awesome person. Doing big things. We're going to get him on this podcast, but he always sings the praises of sean williams and of course if you're in new york check out henzo gracie academy in new york city and check out sarah Jitsu on long island with the one and only legend matt serran if you want to get some striking in there check out law mma with the one and only ray longo as well so hopefully um you guys get a lot out of this um support those guys and we will see you soon thank you <laughs> Author of Jane 2, the book, starring in such films and shows as Young Indiana Jones, Chronicles, *Outer*, Dexter, Suicide Kings, and obviously the cult class at the Boondock Saints. He is the proud father of three, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under Henzo Gracie, Pan Am champ, American national champ, and writer and star of the upcoming movie, *Born Champion, coming out this Friday, January 22nd, the amazing Sean Patrick Flannery. Thank you so much for being on today.
1: Wow, that's a hell of an introduction, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thanks
0: for having me. Definitely, man. That's an impressive resume, dude. So, um, you know, you got a big movie coming out this Friday. I think uh, I didn't even realize it when we booked that it was coming out this week, but I've been, I've been seeing a ton of press on it. And obviously I, I've heard you said that it's your, your love story to jujitsu. So I'm very excited to watch it. And I'm really glad that it was timely that we got you on this week. Um, I, I just prepped it a little bit that I know we're going to go into jujitsu pretty deep, but I definitely want to touch on how you got into uh, acting and entertainment and writing just to put 30,000 foot snapshot if you could.
1: Well, I mean, the way I got into it, I was uh, going to University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas. And I was uh, I was planning on going to law school. I was studying up uh, to uh, a business measure with folks on law. And I saw the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen at the time leaving a building every Monday. So I did what any checks and does, he drops an English class and signs up for whatever the fuck they teach in that building. And that's a true story. So that's how I got into, uh, acting and theater. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like such a, a ridiculous gamble and prospect to get into Hollywood acting, even though I, I did every play at St. Thomas. Once I found the drama department, Uh, I I wrote a piece of children's theater and I thought that was viable, you know, driving out to LA and I I knew I could wait tables, earn enough money to rent a theater and produce my own play. I I didn't really want to put all my eggs in the basket of, you know, a a panel of eight opinions choosing who could be in their movie. I, I just think that's a little subjective, or at least I thought. And, uh, so I wrote a piece of children's theater and I drove out to LA and, uh, so I went out there to be a writer and, uh, then in the process, you know, an agent saw me and said, Hey, what do, what do you think if I submit you for some commercials? I was like, yeah, what the hell if it supplements my income, you know, Next thing you know, I got a string of those and I was still waiting tables. And then she goes, you know, let me submit you on some theatrical theatrical means, uh, TV movies. And I said, yeah, man, I mean, if it supplements my income and the next thing you know, you know, writing took a back seat and, uh, i I, i've been employed as as an actor and uh, you know it it taught me a lesson that uh you know those things aren't out of reach if you're if you're good it's 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 a very doable prospect um and you know i I know a lot of people out there think i mean you know i'm from muskogee iowa what are the odds well if you're good the odds are good like anything else you know if you're good at it and i'm not saying that i'm good maybe maybe luck Maybe I'm an outlier, Maybe luck had a lot to do with it. but uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, assess your product, see if there's a void in the market. Go out and fill that shit.
0: Well, you definitely are good, obviously. I, I know you don't want to teach your own but you're definitely a, an icon man, so you're very good at what you do. But I do love the fact that there's so many similarities between business and jujitsu that you know I, I talk about I, I can't help but talk about it almost every episode on my podcast, but it's amazing the similarities between there. There could be a guy who's the most talented natural athlete on the mat, but if he doesn't put in the hard work and the time and the consistency, or he's a dick, he, he's never going to be a black belt. He's never going to be part of that tribe. He's never going to be part of that crew. So yes, you were good, but how much of your success long term, um, obviously came from your work ethic too. Because I assume that there's a lot of similarities between how you've handled yourself on the mats as you handle yourself off the mats, and you don't become. A black belt in entertainment or a black belt on the mask by taking shortcuts.
1: No, I mean everything you so said is accurate. You know, my 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 granddaddy taught me a long time ago that you can give your kids stuff or you can give them a work ethic, but you can rarely give them both. Uh and that was that was uh my granddaddy, you know, couldn't couldn't punctuate a sentence correctly, but he was probably one of the wisest, most insightful humans I've ever come into contact, bar none. Um and, uh, you know, that stuck with me. I was eight years old and you know, when I was eight, you had to be 13 to get a paper route. So I, uh, I went to the corner and, and, and there was a kid that lived at the cul-de-sac and I knocked on the door and I said, Hey man, you know, if you sign up for a, uh, a paper route at, at cause you're 13, I'll throw all the papers and I'll give you 20% of the loot. And, uh, you know, he, he said yes. And his parents allowed him to. Now that tells you what kind of fucking parents he had. I'm sure I blew by him on life's highway like 30 years ago, like he was fucking standing still. But so I threw papers for five years, you know, and gave him 20 percent of the, the dough. Um, yeah, deny, uh, obviously with my family. Um, and uh, it, 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 it just taught me from then, you know, I bought my first skateboard with a paper route. You know, because I wanted a skateboard. Why did I get a paper out? Because I wanted something. And, and you know, my, my I, I didn't come from a lot of money. I, my family, we wanted for nothing. I had more than lo- enough love. My parents were at every sporting event I ever went to. My mom and dad were there for every question, every problem. So I, I came from what I think is the Bill Gates of family, the Warren Buffett of family. We didn't have a lot of loot. But uh, we had everything that you really quantify on your deathbed and say, that's the shit that mattered. Man, I came from a great family. So, yeah, I always thought at an early age, you know, don't 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 ask for a handout from anybody. You know, it's like like uh, it says on the wall of my academy. I wrote it on a chalkboard, you know, never have so much pride that you refuse help when you need it, but always have so much that you refuse it when you don't. And I think that's incredibly important for kids coming up. You know, it, it, don't forget, there's always gonna be a lifeline if you need it, but you should rarely fucking look for that and tug on it, man. It's uh, and and, and I, I, I wouldn't want to have any belt, a blue belt or anything else, because somebody feels sorry or, you know, they took it easy. You know, I, I just, the wonderful thing about jujitsu, one of the most wonderful things is it's a fucking meritocracy. There's no bell curve. There's there's, there's, there's no like, well, you know, he had this, so we're going to judge him a little bit easy. No motherfucker. You do it or you don't do it. Period. And I think everybody needs a little meritocracy in their life. And that changes your sense of self-worth. When you get that first blue belt, you think fuck Nobody. I had to go through that like everybody else. And I mean, as, as I'm sure, you know, I could tell you what I was wearing, what, what the weather was like when I got my blue belt from Hickson. I, I could tell you same thing with purple, same thing with brown, same thing with black. Those are punctual moments in your life. And yes, I, I can't trade my black belt for any amount of money. But I wouldn't trade it for the fucking world, man, for the fucking world. And when I say the black belt, I mean, every relationship that I've received in my pursuit of that black belt, every bit of confidence, every bit of discipline, integrity, self-respect, all of those things would not fucking trade it for the world. And it's, it's a 64-inch piece of cotton cloth that's been dyed a color. That's it. Wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think it, it builds more character in more people than I've ever seen. Just just jujitsu in general, but especially making it to that point of no return where most people don't really hit like the level of quitting. You know, I, I think I've heard you say it too. But you can tell within 13 seconds of wrapping up with a guy what they're made of, what they're going to do in a tough situation, what they're about. Like there is no no hiding from that, no lying from that. You know, black belts like specifically, I, I've always said. I don't think of a black brother as somebody that can just kick everybody's ass. I think of a somebody that's gotten their ass kicked so many times and just kept coming back and figuring out how to not take that beating and not take that beating. And, you know, eventually you learn the ways to, to shortcut things and, and and what worked from making so many mistakes, but not quitting. And I think there's something about that perseverance where I'm sure you see the turnover, not only at the academy, but in the entertainment. How many people, oh, I'm, I'm going to go be a, an actor. I'm going to go be on TV. And, you know this is hard. I'm going to do something else that's not so hard. I want to be in the UFC. I want to be a black. No, no, that actually takes work. I don't want to do that. And people don't want to put the work in, and they don't. They'll never get to understand the pride that comes from that, and what that really does for you as a person. If you can pass down to your friends and your, your kids.
1: Well, I think uh, you know that natural barrier to entry is one of the best things about jujitsu. Is it weeds out the people that aren't worth it. It just does. There's no way around it. There's nobody that's going to go, well, hey, he wants to roll, but we got to we gotta go <laughs> fuck out of here. You know, the mat, the mat is a truth serum. It's like when you clap, it's when somebody gives you a belt and you go travel and you show up on that mat, it's going to confirm or deny everything. And you show up with a color around your waist. It's everybody knows. You clap hands and the truth pops out in the air and everybody can see it, taste it, and smell it. That's a beautiful thing about it. Everybody's going to know. 10 seconds after you clap hands, if, if if whoever gave it to you was completely full of shit or
0: not. You know, that brings up an interesting point that uh, I wasn't even planning on asking you, but one of the, the things that I love, my, my brother is a drummer. He's played a bunch of bands, been around the world. And I remember when I first got him going down to Matt Serra's gym, and it was maybe within a year of a half, you know, he started finding new circles of friends. He started acting different, he got a new girl. But I remember he made a post on Facebook that he said, you know, I really wish my friends in the music industry would celebrate my wins the way my friends in jujitsu celebrate each other's wins. And it's true. Like you train with the guy, he gets a promotion. You don't go, I should have gotten that promotion. You go, man, that guy earned it. He's been here twice a day. He's been getting better. I could barely pass his guard now. Is that something that you're finding is not as practical or as, as common in the entertainment industry, when somebody gets an award or gets a role, that there's more of like, yeah, that guy worked for that, he earned that, he was great, or you know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't he doesn't see that in music like he sees it in jujitsu, because I think, like you said, you know if that guy earned that promotion, you know if that guy's good enough to get that because you you're, you see him there but they in the work in.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it doesn't exist. I mean, I'll tell you where it exists. It exists in the military, it exists in you know, first responders, it exists in martial artists. There is a very different relationship you have with somebody when your life or safety relies on a buddy that's shoulder to shoulder with you. There's a very different relationship and bond that's created when your arms are around my neck and you had to slowly, methodically get yourself to a position to apply those arms around my neck without getting bit hair pulled, eye gouged, and then you're trying with all your might to collapse my carotid artery. Um, we have the trust that if I ever just do that, I won't even tap you the second time and boom, it's gone. You release it. That type of bond and doing that every single day with somebody makes you not, it's not just air service, lip service saying, oh man, that guy deserved it. You believe that. And you've gone to human war game with this other individual. So you know exactly where they lie. It's not some bullshit of like, oh, I'm glad he got that job. Cause really in the entertainment industry, everybody fucking hates each other. When you see your buddy, they get your buddy gets a job. They're like, why did I fucking get that? Fuck yeah. He doesn't, it's, it's so full of shit in well, your academy. When, when some dude has gotten a belt ahead of you, you realize it's because the dude passed my guard and mounted and I could not get out. I don't give a fuck how much you say in your head. Well, he doesn't deserve it. I do bullshit. You fucking know you can't get out of his mouth. So don't sit there in the mirror and go, I shoulda, I shoulda. There is no, I shoulda. There is no body's opinions. The opinion is the opinion of the match and it's proved in real time. It's not just subjective. That map is a barometer and it never fucking lies. If somebody got promoted, unwarranted, you're going to know. That's why everybody's like, dude deserved it. Why is he saying that? Because he probably kicked your ass. Yeah, It's the beautiful um, thing about it, man. It's, 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 it's the one area you can go in where it doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth, man. You, you, there, there, there's a, it's a speedometer. It's a speedometer that's calibrated every five fucking seconds. And it tells you how fast you go.
0: I love that, man. So talking about uh, Born a Champion, I know that that's uh, your next project coming out coming out this Friday January 22nd I believe it comes out the week after on DVD but talk a little bit about that movie I know you have uh, Katrina Bowden from 30 Rock who's great beautiful and Dennis Quaid who's a legend and yourself obviously I believe you wrote it and you're acting in it so uh, talk a little bit about that project
1: well I you know I, I wrote a story in bed uh in 2007 man and uh you know, it, it, it's, it's, I've told people all the time, you know, jujitsu changed my life. People say that shit all the time. Like, Oh, music changed my life. Or, you know, I, I've been wonderfully affected by a lot of things, but nothing really took an uncontrollable adolescent soul and wisened him and matured him up like jiu-jitsu. Nothing, nothing has held me that accountable on a daily basis as jiu-jitsu. Nothing has brought more positive things to my life in a measurable sense than jujitsu. I know it sounds full of shit and hardcore. It sounds like one of these things that people get onto like, oh, no, Pilates changed my life. Fuck (laughs) out of here. You know, it's like, I mean, there's all kind of fitness things like people that are into CrossFit. It's like, give me five more give me, and, and rock on. That's cool but, but, but there's a method to the madness of jujitsu. There's a real world applicable skill that goes with it. There's also a mental chess game that that takes place every same, every single day. But every choice you make is under physical and emotional duress. It makes you a better person every day that you step on that mat. Nothing will humble you like a jujitsu mat. I got my ass annihilated to me my first day at jujitsu by 135 pounds soaking wet motherfucker that looked like he should be doing my accounting. He looked like he'd never taken a punch in his life. He looked like he never had a date in his life. And the dude could have taken every material possession from me I, I'd ever thought that I earned. And it, the clouds parted and, and it became an awakening to me. And so in essence, I wrote a story about all the things that are important to me, largely it included jujitsu. And uh, I, I, I've told people a lot of times, it's my love letter to jiu-jitsu. And another, I, I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, but uh, it truly is. It's to one of the, the most monumental things that ever came into my life and how it had such a profound effect. So I wrote a story about jiu-jitsu coming to the American shores in the early 90s. So it's a period piece. Um, and I wrote it from the heart, man. And it took all the way till 2019 for us to find ourselves on the set, actually shooting it. Uh, and now it's Monday, four days later, it comes out. It's coming to theaters, select theaters. And I know that word select is uh, such a nebulous term uh, because of the virus, you know, some theaters are open, some aren't, you know, there's a lot of theaters in Texas, a lot of theaters in Florida that are showing it, um, maybe more sparse and sparingly in other uh, states with a more severe lockdown, uh, but it comes out Friday. And at the same day, it's streaming. So you can see it, you know, Apple TV, on demand, all of that stuff as well. So uh, if you're into jujitsu or if you just love passion stories about love, check it out, man. And if you do, if anybody out there happens to watch it, shoot me a Facebook message or an Instagram message. um, Despite the common... Era of thought out there. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm a C-lister. I do my own social media. Man, I'm sure Tom Cruise has a panel of like 75 people that do it, but I don't. I don't do my own social media. So if you check it out, man, please give me some feedback. Let let me know what you thought about it. Facebook and Instagram.
0: That's awesome, man. I'll definitely do that. I'm going to check it out. This and I'm going to be pushing it. I think it looks great you know again i I don't even think it looks like a movie that's just for people who like jiu-jitsu it looks like a cool story it looks like a well-done production it's got great talent in there so i think everybody can enjoy it and i'm definitely going to be passing it along but you you did something you said you know it took you guys a while to get there and obviously theaters are closed down and stuff and i've had different conversations with people and you know i I just think it's they haven't found jiu-jitsu yet when they're like oh man it's it's like you said it's CrossFit, it's this it's that once people have done jiu-jitsu that have tried other things, that usually becomes a thing. That they go, no, 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 this is the thing. You can't explain it. They just have to experience it. But I will say that everybody needs a little bit of a reset, especially at a time like this that I have felt myself, you know, and Matt Sarah, you say it all the time. He calls me Nikki Knuckles. He's like, Knuckles, man, our gym is like the land of Mismas Toys. This is where we all go. We all found each other when we all get to do our thing. And that's been taken away a bit over the last year. Since everything's happening with covid and to me i i'm missing something in my day-to-day routine and my way i handle problems and stress because no matter what's going on good day bad day you go to the match you get your ass kicked by your buddies for an hour you come back everything's better and i i've heard you use the the term that jujitsu is your xanax and i thought it was perfect it's it's really the great equalizer but not having that right now how important do you think jujitsu is for mental health because being that for the last 15, 16 years I've been going, my buddies have literally—that's been the place to keep them sane, keep them out of trouble. And what I love is, you know, jujitsu is the only place that you go, and you walk in, and there's cops and robbers, there's drug dealers and the agents that are are hanging out, you know. So it brings everybody together. And now in some places there's there's a, a void there, and I think that it's one of the biggest travesties of this whole thing.
1: I, you know, I I I don't know what I can add to that, because I, I subscribe to it completely, 100%. You know, people make rash decisions, and they don't understand the extenuating circumstances of their decisions. They don't understand it, like, oh, okay, well, it stinks in that room. Well, we better stay out of that room. Maybe that's the only room with fucking oxygen. You need to rethink that stink. You need to go, okay, what, what are the perils? What are the more severe perils? Let's analyze all the, the potential repercussions for this, dis- this decision. And I think this has been one of the most grossly miscalculated changes that the country's ever undergone. Um, you know, the jujitsu mat is that. It is. It's a sanctuary. It's a church. It's a cathedral. It is, it is therapy. Uh, On the wall of my academy in L.A., you'd look over there, and on the wall, ringing wet with sweat, there's Guy Ritchie, the director, who's married to Madonna. Next to him is a dude from East L.A. that I'd be pretty certain has robbed a liquor store before. Um, Next to that is some power entertainment attorney that probably makes over a million a year. Next to him is the busboy from Barney's Beanery, and they're all shooting the shit walking e- even after they change clothes they're walking to the parking lot talking standing next to their car for another 45 minutes before they even get in it and leave and you're thinking fucking nowhere else would these motherfuckers ever even say hi to each other but talking about it takes your soul opens it up and says here's the important shit i'll allow you 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 and not you not you not you but you two came from jujitsu yeah y'all come on in too it's truly that and to say, oh, you know, there there's uh there's uh because of COVID, we have to self-isolate. You can't see anybody. You don't understand. Humans are fucking social creatures, brother. You don't understand the bad long-term trauma that can come from that. I I, I you said you trained with Matt Sarah? Yes. One of my favorite motherfuckers too. Watching him on TV, I, I would think, man, he and I would fucking get along. i like that too. So good for you, dude. I I'd I'd uh I'm a big fan and a a fanboy of people like that. I know he's just a monster, monster jujitsu player, and he just seems like one of the best, most authentic dudes in the game. Uh, And every time that dude uh, opens his mouth, I'm like, he and I would get along, man. Uh, So please, please convey that. Tell him I'm a big fan, man, and I've I've, I've watched everything he's ever done since before he thought people would watch him, man. Um, But yeah, you know, I can't overstate it enough. It is therapy. And you've taken away quite possibly the strongest bit of therapy to to deny something that could potentially be fairly low percentage. And I, I think the fallout is gonna be far, far, far reaching.
0: I do unfortunately too. You you bring up another really good good point here that uh when you talked about Matt, Sarah, he is exactly that. He's one of the, like, whether you see him at five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the afternoon, I see him in a different city, whatever. He's always the same guy. He doesn't care who you are. If you're cool, he's going to be cool. If you're a dick, he's not going to let you get away with it for a second. Like that guy calls bullshit on everybody, but you like, he, he's just a good guy. You know, like he, see what you see which what you see, what you get with him. But the craziest thing is the food chain of jujitsu I don't think the average person has, their mind can't even comprehend it if they don't train And My cousin is the co-owner of Straight Blast Gym, Athens, Georgia with Rory Singer and uh, Adam Singer. And he called me up one day and he sounded like his dog died. And I was like, what's the matter, man? He's like, dude, have you ever rolled with a guy and just, you can't do anything. He's like, no matter what you try, it just doesn't work. And he just makes you feel like you should give your belt back and never do jujitsu again. I go, fuck yeah, dude. Every time I roll with Matt, and he's not even trying, and he goes, dude, I just rolled with this guy, Henry Akins, out in California. He's like, I've never felt like that before. And I know that he was a training partner of yours. And, you know, for a black belt, you know, people that don't know, they think "Oh, like, there's a way bigger variance of like black belt to black belt than white belt to black belt. And then you have your black belts, and then your Matt Serres, and then you it's it's just unbelievable the difference there. And so um, talk a little bit about that because you've trained with Hicks and you've trained with Henzo, you've trained with Henry Akins, you've, you've trained with some of the biggest names there. Um, what's your take on just how different that skill level is and just the, the mountain is, it seems never ending.
1: Well, it's true from white to black is, is, is a, a bigger separation from white to black is a separation from first year black belt to elite black belt it, it, there, there's a huge variance now. Th- th- nothing is bigger from white to black. I, 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 I know it seems like once you're black, the elite players, that's a, a huge separation that is measurable, but Holy crap. I mean, white to, just look at, just look at from brand new white to purple. I mean, it's an infant you're, you're, you're batting around a, an infant. You know what I mean? It's a, uh, it's, it's, I hear that all the time. And there is a huge chasm of separation from brand new black to the elite of the elite, but nothing is as big of a separation as a dude that simply knows it at a, at a decent amount. And some, somebody that doesn't, I mean, as, as, what, what belt do you ask? Black belt. You're black belt. I mean, remember when you were a purple belt, when the first guy, when some brand new guy walked in the door, I mean, you, there's not that big of a separation even from you now black and even Matt, Sarah, I'm sure he tools you. And I, I would expect nothing, but I mean, come on, you could phone out for pizza as a purple belt while you're dealing with the new, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But, 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 but I understand. It, it, the only people that have that are freshly are, are, are black belts. You go, there's still a huge separation. There is, it is a, it, it, it is a, it's a start to finish line, but, it's not as much as this dude doesn't know it at all, and oh my god, I'm privy to the secrets. The wizard behind the cape—he doesn't even know that there's a, a cape. But yeah, so, some of the elites, like I, I, Matt Sarah, you know Henry Aikens, stylistically, there there are such different takes on jujitsu, and I hear that all the time. You know, there are guys like. This dude's Henry Akins. And, you know, it, it, there's a handful of names where people are like that. You know, look look at Danaher. Danaher's never done a tournament, but I have countless people that back in the day would be like, dude, if you go to Henzo's, roll with this motherfucker. That dude has rolled up so many dudes that ended up winning world championships. It's like when people go, well, he's never competed. What is it? Dude, there's plenty of motherfuckers that have plenty of gold around their neck that have been like, motherfucker, go roll with that dude. Um, Henry Aikens is one of those dudes that uh, he's one of those rare guys that has only ever trained at one place. That's it. He knows Hicks and Gracie Jiu Jitsu. And when I tell you, I don't say this in a bragging sense, I could teach Henry more Jiu Jitsu, three times as much Jiu Jitsu as the Jiu Jitsu that he knows. He doesn't need it to beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you know, that dude. You know, I, I, he, he was one of my main instructors from white to, to purple. And then, uh, and then I, I was doing a film out in New York, and, and, you know, Hickson went back to Brazil. So I started training under Sean Williams, John Danaher, Henzo Gracie. I think that's the exact, you know. And, uh, but I kept training with Henry in my garage. I had a mat full of garage, and I, and I would train with him three days a week. So, really, I mean, that's what welcomed me into the sport. Uh, a 100% fighting based jujitsu where, where blood force trauma is taken into consideration in every single position. Um, and I, I think a lot of those, those aspects of the martial art are are being lost in, in some respects, you know, there's so many different, I want to say hybrids, but so many sports specific and stylized games, people are becoming specialists. They are heavy specialists in a certain arena and, uh, you know, if you want to win tournaments, there is a methodology for that. You know, we all have a finite amount of time to invest in certain areas, certain positions. Well, if you, if you want to spend, you know, hundred percent of your time in a certain position, as long as you get damn good at taking it to that position, you'll win tournaments. That doesn't really mean that you have a hundred percent comprehensive game. Um, so there's a couple of different ways to look at it, but certainly there are guys out there that, uh, that beat my ass and, you know, the, the, the jujitsu math never works. You can go, well, I can smash this guy, and he smashes this guy. So I should be able to smash this guy. Then you smash this guy, but you go to this guy, and he smashes you. Styles make fights, and I love that. Any black belt that ever tells you, no, I've never rolled with somebody that made me feel like a white belt is full of fucking shit. There's always somebody out there stylistically that you go, what the fuck? How, how are we wearing the same belt? Yeah. You know? And, and, and then and then times where you see a guy beat somebody who beats you, and then you roll with them and you beat them, you're like, why can't he beat this guy? They just have areas of their game that do- doesn't make sense to you. And that's the wonderful chess game that is Jiu You know,
0: I, I, it, it's, it's a never ending intrigue for me, never ending. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real Mackenzies, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabi. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal all different types of percussion whatever style you want get a free drum lesson today from dan all you need to do is text the word drummer d-r-u-m-m-e-r to 833-632-0585 again text the word drummer d-r-u-m-m-e-r to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson it really keeps it exciting. You know, I, I started this boxer and I got bored fairly quick. It was like, you know, you, you get a little tighter with your time and your cut kind of like little things here and there. But I was like, man, every week, they're literally still inventing new moves and it's, and that branches off into all these other things. And I remember that like what amazes me about it now frustrated the shit out of me initially. Cause I'd say, all right, look, you like Quinton keeps getting me in this fucking head and arm joke. I don't want to be in that. So I I'd go, I take a private with Matt and I'd be like, well, how do I not get this fucking dark choke by by Adam? And he'd be like, "Well, like, where's your arm? Does he have it like this? Is it on this?" And it was like fifteen different scenarios. And it was like, "Man, I, I, I can't give you one golden answer for this because he adjusts this much, you're off this much, like, and there's fifteen different variables." And that at first I was like, "Well, this sucks. How am I ever gonna learn how to get out of this one thing?" But A doesn't equal B doesn't equal C, and now that same thing is the. Like you said, like you just get excited because look at all, it's like a kid a candy store. Look at all these possibilities. Look at all these moves. And, you know, like Sean Williams like comes up with his own guard. Now there's the Williams guard. How I we going to learn that? Like, it's it's exciting. And like, you know, I I, I texted a, a bunch of my friends. I was sending them uh, episodes of your podcast just hearing you talk about jujitsu. And I was like, man, I learned two things. Sean Patrick Flannery is cool as fuck and a legitimate black belt. And I also realized that I am a goddamn jujitsu fucking nerd because I but I could talk, it's just, it, amazes me. I just, I get more and more excited every single time I learn something new or feel something. I just, you know, that the excitement never goes away after all this time. I'm not burnt out at all. I'm more excited than ever to jump back on the mats. But how you as not only an instructor, but as a, a practitioner every day, adjust your game. Cause like you said, there's, there, there's like, I wrote with Marcelo Garcia and he beat my ass, but beat my ass completely different than Matt Serra did. It didn't even feel like the same sport, but both effective. And obviously your games change over the years. Like now I'm big on, um, you know, I do a lot of lockdown I like guillotines, I like butterfly sweeps, but that wasn't always the case. And now leg locks are the huge thing and everybody's going for leg lock, but they're forgetting the fundamentals when you're teaching your new guys starting out or when you're working on your game, how have you adapted and evolved to things changing? And then, you know what I mean? Like, how do you not get shiny toy syndrome for the new cool thing or the Barambolo or whatever the, the new YouTube move everybody's showing is or that they just pulled off in UFC this weekend?
1: Because, you know, looking at it, you know, from a 30,000 feet, my honest assessment, and this is gonna rub people the wrong way, but I don't give a fuck. I, I, you deserve the truth in my opinion. And I appreciate if people disagree. The one type of game that will do best against every other type of game. If you run the math is fundamentals, posture, base, guard passing, top position, heavy pressure. There are a lot of games. You you can get caught in things, but if you line up all the games, fundamentals may get caught in a bottom entry, Connie Basami leg lock occasion, but you're, ultimately across the board, I think you're gonna have, you're gonna stay alive longer and you're gonna have more victories with that. Now, granted, that's, it it depends on what type of game that you're interested in. And to me, I think everybody, when they go into jujitsu, they have a mission statement. Like, what is your mission statement? What are you trying to achieve? Do you wanna win IBJJF tournaments? If so, then I wouldn't waste any fucking time learning any takedown ever. (laughs) And you think it's the truth. Think of how much time that saves you to put into let's get on the butt. Let's get this party started. And okay. Are are you worried about punching? No, IBJJF only. Okay. Now when you're on the bottom, you can apply two legs and two arms to off base your training partner. Well, that's double the leverage of somebody that goes, now I want to make sure I can't get punched. Well, that's two extra limbs. So that changes the game entirely. The one game that I think, stays alive the longest and wins the most and satisfies checks, the most amount of those boxes and no game is not going to occasionally get caught, but that's base posture, fundamentals, having, having area of expertise, but that's generally spread everywhere. Because I never want, I never want one of my black belts to be, man, if, if you're in this guy's closed guard, he will break you off. But fuck, if you mount him, he can't get out. (laughs) <laughs> to me, that's not a black belt. I mean, you have to be able to, you have to, you have to, we start at my academy with the things that really bore you to tears. And I promise you, if you learn escapes, your submission game will go through the roof. Because if you know, if, if another man can't hold me down, if you know, if, I, if, I, if I'm inside control and I dive on this Kimora, I get swept, fuck, I'll never get out. You know how often you're going to dive on that Kimora? A grand total of zero times. But if you go, I can get out. If I get reversed, who gives a shit? I'm out. You will, you'll hunt that. You'll die. You'll, you'll, you'll snap down to a guillotine knowing if, if he, if you miss and he takes a single and puts you on your back. Your guard is impossible. You know, you will sweep to the top. So those fundamentals staying alive, staying safe, distance management, and all of your escapes are of paramount importance to me with my mission statement. Now, again, my goal is not simply to win one rule set of a tournament. I mean, we're a big self-defense school. You know, I, I, I teach a kid's class that my, my, both of my, my sons are a large part of, I never want to teach them something that will even get their, their face opened up. Maybe they end up winning, but get their face opened up on a playground. I don't want their face to get touched. I want them to understand distant management. Also, I want them to be very good on the ground, but I want them to have a unilateral ability to take the fight to the ground against another person's will. And again, that's my mission statement. I get it that it doesn't appeal to everybody else and there's no harm in that. I understand that like you'd, you'd be hard pressed for somebody training under me to go and win the world's IBJJF against the guy that's never wasted time doing takedowns, he's gonna sit on his ass and he's gonna immediately butt-scope to De La Hiba, and he's gonna use lapel guard, which we focus on things that will apply to everything. So we're a lot of dominant risk control. So we don't solely make all of our reps with pocket grips and spider from closed Guard. As soon as you take that away, well now I also have to divide my reps with spider grips and wrist control grips. So now you have somebody that has potentially done, you know, 5000 reps with sleeve grip and 5000 with rip, with with wrist grips or one person that has 10,000 reps with wrist control. In my opinion, I would rather that have A 95% efficient grip, but you have a level of mastery that is almost undefeatable as opposed to a 100% efficiency in grip, but he's repped it half the amount of times. And depending on the article of clothing, he's only has half the amount of reps. So we we make a conscious decision to invest all of our reps in something that generally speaking, a lot of the times are applicable regardless of the wardrobe and the rule set. And that's just that's just this academy. And I, there's no disparaging anything against anybody that trains differently. But for me, especially being a dad, I want my kids to know sound fundamentals. I want them to be virtually unsweepable. I want them to have an impassable guard, both open and closed. I want them to recover guard. I don't want them to sit on bottom half guard and wait for a submission where you can receive blows. I want them to recover closed, technical stand up or sweep and get to the top. And when you're on the top, we don't risk anything. I want it to be slow, methodical, ugly, heavy pressure. When somebody's on the bottom, I want them to be paying a very heavy price. We, our ultimate goal is what was taught to me from Hicks and himself. Your jujitsu is comprised of three things to take down the positional dominance and the ultimate submission. The way that we achieve that, if I can achieve the takedown, my sole goal is to pass the legs and mount. By that, I mean front or back mount. If I get taken down, my sole objective on my red mat at my academy is to procure the closed guard and sweep or submit. Closed, why? Because, or or closed, meaning not that your legs have to be crossed, but I'm managing the distance. So it, you know, feet on the hips, I'm uh, shin across the middle, but I'm extended away, not shin across the middle, not diving for deep path where my face is under. Those are the principles that I want, you know, my kids to know jujitsu to be. And I wasn't aware that there was any other way until it was almost ingrained in my head. Um, you know, and, but, but that's a mission statement. And I feel like everybody has to have theirs. And I don't champion mine as being right, but that's what we teach on my red mat, and that's what my students have. That's the type of jiu-jitsu And if you're looking for something else, you're you're at the wrong place. And and I get it. Everybody has a flavor, and but we don't do worm guard at my academy. Having said that, Kenan Cornelius used to sweep me seventeen ways to sideways with him doing stuff with his lapel that I'd be like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Ah! You know, I get it. It's just not what we teach, man.
0: That's a very diplomatic answer and it's very fair, you know, and uh, I I came up very much the same way. Matt was always big on the fundamentals. And I'm like, hey man, I'm like, we're gonna do stuff for jujitsu, but we're gonna play it off. Like there's a fight. So we would simulate stuff. And you'd you know, you'd always see him working on those things of like, hey, if this was the street. And I see sometimes when guys wanna do MMA sparring or they wanna work certain positions that you're like, you would never be able to just sit there. So I think it's definitely yeah. good to learn a little bit of that just for the basic self-defense. But you, you also bring up an interesting point of, you know there's a lot of guys out there especially like jujitsu becomes almost the cool thing you see you know he can tra- train all these different guys and they're kind of training together but you're not really I don't, I don't i don't want to make this sound weird but you're not really like a an actor who took up jujitsu you're more like a jiu-jitsu guy who also acts. it seems like it's more of like your day um but, but you're successful in both but you came up before it was cool you came up when jujitsu gyms were guys who loved to, to train, love to fight, love to sweat, love the camaraderie. A lot of the jujitsu schools weren't there to make money. They weren't making money. It was guys that had mostly, you know, nine to five jobs and they would come in teach classes at night. And I know Matt was going down. Uh, my buddy Jay Gershon was always going down and training with Sean Williams over at Henzo's. What have you seen the difference in like the evolution of the jujitsu as a business versus jujitsu? Like when you were training at Henzo's in the basement, when it was like, that was like really it's an atmosphere that I don't think people will see again in a lot of places because now there is that business aspect that you do have to treat people in, in some aspect like a customer to keep the lights on and you know not have to go back to the 9 to 5, but I feel like it's a totally different world.
1: Well, it is. I, I mean, you know, when, when when I came up, I mean, when Matt Serra came up, it was the Wild Wild West. I came up after, when did he start? Started like 94, 95?
0: Yeah, mid-90s.
1: Yeah, something like that. So I was even after him, but I'm I'm still considered a way early adopter. And yeah, I mean, when you look at their business model, it's amazing. They had students at all, because I, I tell people this all the time. Like one of my most valuable things that I've gotten out of jujitsu is you, you become virtually unbreakable. And when I was a white belt, you know, I would get stuck under Henry's mount. Obviously I'm a fucking white belt and he's a purple belt and he's, man, you're, you're not going to tap from now. And you, you just want to tap because you're claustrophobic and you can't get a lung full of air. And I'm not kidding when I say this, there's been plenty of times where I've gotten up off the ground and I've almost been in tears as a fucking grown man. <laughs> because I asked, I, I, I asked and he, he's like, nah, you're not getting out to that. And it's, uh, you know, Flynn, are you okay? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I wasn't good. I wasn't good, man at all. But I'm in hindsight, it's like, I say this, I'm, I'm going to make myself sound like a pussy, but, I'm so glad that they pushed me through that because coming out the other side, you'll, you'll find a, a hole of comfort in a boatload of discomfort. And, and that's incredibly important to me. One of the most valuable assets is, is being pushed to the limit where when you first start, you, you'll break at 5%. You have, it, it seems inconceivable that you could go all the way to 100, but you'll get there. Inch by inch, you'll get there. And that's whew, knowing that, that you can come out the other end of the tunnel and something like that, and not have to tap just from the discomfort. Um, ga- you're tapped on gas. They wouldn't let you tap from being gassed. I mean, it's it, it's, it's nowadays, it's, it is very much a business. And, you know, we did takedowns every day. It was inconceivable to not learn takedowns. It was inconceivable that every match started you know, and you just, it, it was just, it was, it was inconceivable. And I get it. You know, it, it, it makes it, you know, the arms are welcoming to, to, to a lot of different people because it, it's, I remember thinking back in the day, I got a fucking day job. Like, what, do I really need to be doing this? The truth of the answer was, yes, I did need to be doing it. Like what was important was far less on my deathbed. My life will have been enhanced far more than, some of those day jobs, as opposed to what that jujitsu mat has done. The answer is yes, you do need to be doing this. But a lot of people think, do I need, I got to go to job. I got, I'm managing the damn fucking uh, FedEx tomorrow. I'm a manager of FedEx motherfucker. Do I need to show up with a black guy? Well, when you quantify it from the 30,000 foot, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. But yes, it's a very, very different game. And I don't want to be one of those guys that sounds like, I came up when we were tough because I, I, I hate that shit, but it it, it is very true. You know, it's like there, there were people that would come into the academies and challenge, you know, it, it, it was, it was a, it was a wild west time, man. And I'm grateful and glad that I was a part of that, you know, because I, I don't think a lot of the new styles of jujitsu would have done nearly what this style did for me. What what from day one it threw me the ringer putting through the ringer that sounds fucking soft it was far harder than anything called a ringer I mean it it it, it changed who I was man and as tough as I thought football made me or whatever coming up whew, nothing like that jujitsu that time
0: I love that man you know so traveling around. I, I, I do real estate stuff, so I travel all over the country. So I've had the benefit of going and training, you know, Gracie Torres, training Ricardo JT Torres, going all these 10th place. So it, it's been amazing for me. It's one of the biggest things I miss about traveling is just being able to go to these different places and train with these legends that I've always looked up to, and then I, I get to book an hour of mat time in the morning and just roll with them for an hour and, and learn from them. Um, For you, being in entertainment and traveling around a lot, have you gotten to go experience a lot of different schools and styles and stuff in your travels as you worked in acting and film?
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, I don't travel without my gi and my belt. Mm-hmm. I've never been in a city where the first thing I do is I open my laptop and I Google where I can train. I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I mean, I'm here in Toronto right now. I've trained at uh, Toronto BJJ with Shaw Franco. Um, uh, I train with Jeff up in Hamilton. I may mean, be hard-pressed to find any mat where somebody hasn't said, yeah, that dude dropped in one time a couple of years ago. And I, I show up and I roll with fucking everybody. There's no – I don't just do privates. I roll with anybody and everybody. And I don't say that, like, because I'm a badass or I beat them. I, I get beat plenty of times but I fucking roll with everybody. I mean, you're hard pressed to find somebody that goes, well, yeah, I asked him to roll, but he said no. Fuck no. <laughs> I, it, it's, I roll with everybody because I love this shit. I absolutely love it. And meeting new people, it's, it, it's so funny. It's like, you know, you're talking about some of the greats and the different stylistic differences. I remember I was, a, I think I was a purple belt when Bibiano Fernandez, you know, multiple world champion came in, just annihilated me, was all over me. I never really felt him like zero pressure finished me from everywhere. But then you get somebody like a Henry Akins who never leaves the same position hard, unless, unless it's to advance, but it's (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, I I remember even when I was a purple belt, Bibiano and Henry finished me at about the same rate, but they could not have been more different. Bibiano's like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? You know what I mean? It's like, and Henry, you're just like, you know, it's just, uh, and the layman would look at those two games and think they were different martial arts. But, uh, that's been one of the wonderful things, you know, is seeing that, you know, coming from Hickson's, I thought that was, I thought that was jujitsu. I thought old school, slow, methodical, you, you know, every submission should result in at, at the very least an advance in position I thought that was the, I mean, and then you travel and you realize, oh, no, 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 no. Some guys go to bad position to hunt for a submission and they hit it. And then they're leaving dominant positions for a chance on something that puts them in danger. And they're they're successful at it. And so it's a very different, at the elite level, you know, in tournament jujitsu, sometimes making a bad decision can surprise your opponent and you pull it off. I mean, there's plenty of times. I'm I'm like, okay, I only have to worry about these four things because there's no way they would do this. (laughs) And while you're looking over here, they do this. Ah, what the? So tactically there, there can be a lot of times that you would make what would be conceivingly a wrong decision. One of the best parts about traveling, getting back to it, it, it it's exposed me to so many different types of games, so many different types of concepts and philosophies alike. And, uh, I've, 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 I've there, there's never been anything that I haven't seen where I haven't taken at least one thing from, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and I, I'm still learning and evolving at this point. Anybody that tells you they don't is full of shit, man. I learned some things from, I tell people this story all the time. There's a guy named Carlos at Hickson's who I think we, I think he started a little bit after me, but he was a blue belt back when he, when he quit coming. And I ended up connecting with him again. He's a, he's a killer chef, like right on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, he came in and I, I used to tell people this story all the time, That man, that was this dude at Hickson's that had a, a lot of his areas of his game were you know decent, but he had a black belt scissor sweep. There was like, really? What? That's crazy. That's a scissor sweep. Nobody even uses that shit. It's like taught in day one and people don't use it. Man, I, I rediscovered Carlos in probably t- 2009, and he was still a blue belt. I'm like, dude, you got to get back on the mat. So he started training with us again. Sure enough, dude came in and people are like, that motherfucker scissor sweeps you from everywhere. <laughs> it's like, and, and it was the only thing, but he, he was a blue belt, but that technique was black belt level with him. You know, it's like plenty of people are like, man, I studied his head. Brown belts were like, oh, Carlos taught me that scissor sweep. You're like, so the blue belt taught, taught the brown belt the, the fundamentals of the scissor sweep. And it's, it, 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 that, that makes it even more wonderful you
0: know i agree man i love that i, I also train a lot in chicago with bjj lab naperville who, with uh sky mark turner who's directly under damian maya who i've gotten a role with too and he's told me the same thing i'm like man you whoop everybody's ass in the gym like and then you go and you you're ranked like number 10 in ibjjf in these competitions how do you do that and he said the same thing he's like you know there might not be all black belts here but there's guys there's at least a guy who's a black belt in every position and you can start to go and roll with them in that. I thought that was, that changed my mind a lot because you start to mentally beat yourself when you're like, how's this guy beat me in that? It's like, he's like, start from a different position. I'm like, oh, all right, how?
1: Exactly. Just, yes, yeah. exactly.
0: Like,
1: like, like it, it, it's one thing to have an a game, but if you can't take it there,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. You
1: know, you know what I mean? It's and everybody has a little chink. They don't they don't they don't broadcast it but everybody has a little chink. i have holes in my game i'm like i pr- hope the person doesn't get here you know it's uh, and you know you constantly work on those to, yeah. to increase their viability but uh, yeah the goal is to reduce the chinks across the board man
0: i love that man i know you're, you're a busy guy i won't take up your whole day I just have two more questions for you one of them i know you're a pr- proud father of three uh your son recently won the uh, texas state championship wrestling congratulations Thanks, brother. Thanks, bro. that. That's awesome. I've heard you say something that I have always said is one of the biggest benefits to me in jiu-jitsu and just training martial arts in general. I remember sparring and getting hit for the first time by a boxer, not like a drunk at a bar. And I was like, that was the shittiest thing that's ever happened to me. I am never coming back here. The panic that set in like was just, it was nuts. But then after like a couple of weeks of coming back, I started getting my bell wrong or getting into bad positions on the mat And not panicking just being able to stay neutral stay grounded and take a breath and go you know what don't freak out we're going to find a way out of here and staying calm and finding solutions and that i didn't even realize until i got into some stressful situations in life where everybody else freaked out and to me everything started to slow down and i was like man the the shittiest guy on the mat the shittiest boxer in the ring is still going to be the best guy in a high-stress, adrenaline-filled situation because they're able to calm things down. And those clear-headed decisions, as you said, being able to pass that on at a young age to your children is, to me, like the one of, again, the most amazing things about martial arts and jiu-jitsu. And hopefully I can pass it on to kids one day. But talk a little bit about um, your theories on that and how that's translating into teaching your kids jujitsu specifically and how it's helping them in life.
1: I think it's important to you know, start to anesthetize yourself to those things. The only way you do that is by exposing yourself to it and nothing, nothing will test you and give you a representation of hell more clearly and profoundly than a jujitsu mat. Nothing will break you with something that seemingly shouldn't. Nobody's hitting you. There's somebody on you compressing your lungs. You can't see, you can't smell, you can't, <coughs> you can hardly get a lung full. Nothing will make you want to tap and just give up more than that. And if you can find comfort, because I promise them the minute you have an, a, 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 an adrenaline dump or an emotional spike, what you think, you know, Oh, I know from bottom, I'm on bottom side control. I know where my arms go. I know it goes out the window. You start simply spazzing and freaking and, and, and like a dead fish or like a live fish on the deck of the minnow USS minnow. It's like until you start to be able to compress all of that panic and put it somewhere in a pocket, can you go, Okay, I need my levers. I'm going to put one here. I'm going to put a wedge here. Now, I need my heels close to my butt because I'm going to activate my bridge. I need to position him on the highest point of my, so I need to move him over my hips. You can think clearly, and it may be a metaphor for life, but nothing else even comes close. There is no boardroom where that stress is going to match. I thought I was going to suffocate. You don't think you're going to suffocate in a border. It may suck. And it may seem like an unclimbable mountain if you've never put yourself under duress. But when you do on a daily basis, you can laugh at that shit. It changes the way you interview for a job. It changes the way you deal with bullies. they are like, fuck you. You want to step outside? You know, an untrained guy's like, what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. The train <laughs> guy's like, the train guy's literally like, um, Okay, here, hold my keys. Uh, will, will you take my burger and just put it under the heat lamp? I'll be right back. Um, okay, let's go. You know, literally, you're thinking, okay, I don't want to get my – I got nice pants on, fuck. Okay, okay, let me – I'll roll the pants up. Yeah, I'll take my shoe. You're, you're literally thinking that. You're not thinking, fuck, what if this guy it, – It just changes everything. It changes everything. And to put a kid like that out in the world that can laugh off aggression without being intimidated, like a kid that can go to the lunchroom and go, dude, we – Why do you want to fight? We don't have to fight. Come on, man, sit down. Have a chocolate milk, man. Come on. And you say that because you really do deal with it like like an adult. If a five-year-old kicks an adult in the shins, how do they react? They go, fuck you, motherfucker, let's fight. No, you go, whoa, hey, come on. Let's watch the shins, buddy. Come on, hey, let's watch the shins. It hurts. You say that because you know you. Well, the same thing whenever you train fighting seven days a week, three hours a day for 20 years. I, what are the odds that the guy coming up and kick you in the shins is going to, so it makes you, you know, it gives you the ability to walk away from fight because you know, you don't have to, I mean, I've never got, it, it reduces the amount of times you get rattled because you can just go, Hey, whoa, man, that, that, you took it the wrong way. We're not, we're not, not trying to, you know, and you see, it comes from the, the metaphors. Like, you know, you have, an AR-15 strapped on your back. And you're like, ah, come on, man. Uh, you know, I've gotten out of more situations because you don't get stressed. You don't get panicked. You don't, it, it, you look at it very objectively and to put that in my kids, give them ability to, to control and walk away from fights because it's something they do all the time. And they know what an adrenaline dump is. They know what an emotional spike is. That takes, takes to do like, the point of doing tournaments, one of the best things about tournaments, I don't care how comfortable you are on your own map. You have not felt an adrenaline dump and an emotional spike until you get all of your friends are like, go, oh, dude, you're supposed to win, right? I thought you were bad Let's go. You're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. All the pressure of the world. It's like no jujitsu guy at a tournament has ever been worried about getting hurt. They're worried about letting their friends down or letting their team down. And if you've never felt that, that's one of the most beneficial things that goes to a real world fight when a guy steps to you in wild wings, he goes, fuck you, let's go outside. You're like, dude, this is not even anywhere near as stressful as my instructor watching me compete and carry that team flag. Fuck you, I'll go outside with you. You know, I'm not, not, that, not that you want to fight the guy, but nothing is that stressful. And so that's one of the wonderful things about doing tournaments and competing, you know, often. So you 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 experience that. And with my kids, they have at the, at the... At the national level, like at, at, at states, the state championship, they're there. Everybody's looking at them going. And, you know, it, it, it you either show up or you come short, But even if you come short, you go, you make adjustments and you try again. Like it's, it, 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 it's not just the martial art. It's all of those ancillary things, the situations that the martial art puts you into that are irreplicable. You can't get them anywhere else. I, I've searched and there's nowhere that delivers that final product in a human being like a jujitsu mat.
0: I love it, man. I agree completely. hundred percent. And then, like you said, everywhere I go, I, I bring my jujitsu stuff and I spend a week making calls to make sure I can find a place to go train. And when I step on that mat, I have to remember that I'm a representation of Matt Sarah and the belt and the art. And you know, you, there's a certain level you have to hold yourself to. And I think learning that it's not just about you, like you're representing people and a culture and a lineage is you know, that's a lot to take on and it teaches you a lot about character and the greater good. Well, last question before I let you go. If you had a time machine and a younger Sean Patrick Flannery came up and asked you for advice, knowing what you know now about life, what advice would you give a younger you starting out?
1: Joke off twice and reconsider.
0: <laughs> Nothing bad can come from that, man. I love it. Well, You, you sir, have been an absolute class out. I'd love to come out to Houston and train with you as well. How do people brother, brother, find honestly, if you, if you ever if you ever find yourself in Houston, shoot me a message, man. I love that, man I wind up actually in Houston a few times a year, so I'll definitely do that.
1: and And you know, tell Sarah, any of his dudes, if they're ever in Houston, man, drop me a line.
0: Definitely, man, I'll, I'll pass that on to me. How do people find you? How do people find the movie? How do people stay in touch with you, hear about your projects? Uh, What's some stuff you can plug
1: uh, like I said, you know, I do all, all my own social media. My Instagram is spflannery uh, I respond to everybody that sends me a message. Uh, my, my Facebook is under my name. Uh, but really for the most part, it's all Instagram and Facebook, but, uh, uh, the movie comes out Friday. It's coming to select theaters. Uh, if, if there's not a lockdown, uh, you can also stream it this Friday as well. It comes to Blu-ray DVD, I believe the 26th. And outside of that, where can you find me? You can find me on my red mat, uh, pretty much every single day. But, uh, you know, we got, we got an open door for, for, for like-minded, good, solid individuals, man.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I look forward to coming down. I'm hundred percent going to share with you. Definitely let me know if you're coming down to New York, um, I'm going to pass the message on to the Sarah guys, man. And uh, again, I can't thank you enough. You were an absolute class act and a patient guy with agreeing to do this and staying in touch with me. I don't take it lightly. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being part of my podcast today. And uh, any final thoughts before I let you go about your day? Now, if
1: if you've been thinking about it for a while, go check it out. If if you've been thinking about training jujitsu, go check it out. There's, there's the type of person that falls in love with this martial art. It, 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 it almost, it almost endorses them as a human. You're you're hard pressed to find a a, a less tight group of people than a jujitsu man. I can't speak more clearly and loudly than to say it has changed my life for the better more than anything else outside of family, of course. But it, it, it's 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 in first place and by a comfortable margin. If you have an opportunity, check it out.
0: I second that. And obviously, anybody in the Houston area, go check out Houston Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Link up with Sean Patrick Flannery and get your ass to Jiu-Jitsu. Thanks, brother. Have a great day. I look forward to seeing you moving. I'll shoot you a review. Please do. Take care, brother. Definitely, man.
1: You so